Good evening and welcome to KLE Podcast. This is Kingdom Leadership Equipping with your host, Sean Smith. Hey, all you kingdom leaders, uh, this is the th second part of the second episode, second broadcast of the uh, message I gave on understanding kingdom leadership. So the, the teaching I did, which was last week on Facebook Live, was over an hour, and I was teaching about the apostolic gift, apostolic leadership, and understanding apostolic leadership, where there is so much misunderstanding in this area. And, you know, just so much gets packaged as apostolic because it sounds important, like kingdom. You know, everything becomes kingdom or gets tagged with kingdom because it sounds trendy, it sounds important, but people don't really understand, and those that are communicating it don't really understand, don't really communicate, don't really walk in the true insight, the true revelation, and the true um, impact of what kingdom or the apostolic gift is, and in this case, apostolic. A lot gets packaged. I mean, um, I was talking to a friend, Steve, that we do our broadcast on Fridays together, and we we were just looking at some terms people are using, things that are not even in the Word of God, but yet they tag apostolic to it because it sounds important. And so really with this um, breakdown, I've broken down that our teaching I did into three segments just to give absolute clarity on what is apostolic leadership, understanding apostolic leadership. It's not comprehensive. People have asked me, you know, is is there more? Much more. But what I've tried to do is compact a, a series or a compact a, a whole conference into one uh, hour to at least give clarity and understanding of what the apostolic is. So uh, those that are that believe God's called them into that in that have gifted them to to operate in that function and remember ap apostolic is not a position it's not a title it's a function it's a gift to function we we make offices there's nowhere that it's been ever stated that the fivefold ministry of apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher are offices or positions or titles. They're not I, any of those. It's a gift, doma, gift, a grace gift given by God to be a gift for the equipping of the saints. And we need to get some, some you know, clarity to that and get some understanding to that because we use it to sort of, uh, as, a, as an ambitious kind of uh, something to reach for, something to attain, something to lust for, and it's none of those things. You know, it doesn't work like that. So that's why I've done this series. Um, take out your Bible. Take out your notebook. Listen to it a few times. Don't listen to it once and just think, I've got this. Get it. Really get it. And get it into your spirit. I would suggest listening to the episode one from last week. And then listening to this one. And then next week will come the third part. Listen to it a few times to really get it. All right, so thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Sean. We need to get this thing clarified, and we need to understand what this is. 
So over, the, over 10 years, God began to deal with me, and I began to study out the Scriptures and understand not just what, what it says, but what is the spirit of it, because we need to understand what is the spirit of it. And as I met these apostolic people, I began to see there was so much dysfunctionality in this whole affair that, that we, I can, now we can understand why there's no order in the church and why, there's no, why the church is not impacting the way it should because everything is out of order. You know, it's like we've we not got the rank of, we, not the rank, we haven't got the priority of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers coming in and, and setting the right order within the house. It's not happening. So um, we need to understand is, is apostles have authority, but it's not to destruction. Okay, the word authority there is exousia. Exousia um, in the Strong's says it's uh, uh, capacity or competency or freedom or mastery. Um, it means delegated influence. In other words, it comes from heaven and it, it's influence to influence. So I love what, what uh, was being taught in Jubilee um, <laughs> in England, Maidstone, England, was that apostolic authority comes with blessing first, influence second, and then governments. You don't arrive and just, you know, and, and institute governments. That, I've just had a situation where that thing got all upside down and it was, ended up a mess. So it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We've got to, we've got to operate in the delegated influence God gives us. So it talks about authority or it could be the right, the right to exercise might. So authority, jurisdiction, liberty, powers, right, strength. And that is given, not taken. You cannot impose authority in a situation. You can, you receive authority. It's given to you. It's given by the government of the church, which the governments of the church, which is the eldership. The eldership are the governing authority within the local church. And they are the ones that, that give you the right as a gift to come in and begin to work on the foundations, but only as they allow it. Not You don't just come in. I mean, that guy came into to our church in Cape Town and just destroyed everything. He ripped up all. I mean, the foundations were wrong. I understand that. But, you know, he didn't come in as a loving father, which is, of course, the next point. He came in as... Um, he just came in as a as a jolly um, demolisher. He just demolished everything, destroyed everything. And and you know, if he had sat with me and said and worked with me, I would have you know I would have done anything to work with him to to establish the right order in the house. But because he came in demolishing everything, it left me just like totally suicidal. I mean, I was just I was just absolutely suicidal. I, I, because, because I put, you know, because I trusted and all the people I trusted then departed or everybody left. So you just, anyway, that's just a long story. So apostles have authority. Let's move on. They are ministers by which you believe we've, we've covered that already. Um, they are not super, super duper, um, <laughs> you know, like superheroes. They're not hierarchical. They're not the bosses. They're not the mafioso. Uh, that's not what apostles are. In fact, Paul says we are known yet unknown in Corinthians. Two words. 
The one is intimate. We are known intimately. So in their relationships, in his relationships as a team, they were known intimately. But he says, in publicly, we are obscure. Unknown is the word obscure. They're not there to shine and, and be the, the, the be-all and end-all of everybody's life. And, you know, it's the source of everything. They're just not like that. They work foundationally. They work on the foundations, both in people and in the structure. And specifically in people, they're building the building of people. You know, the church is not the building. The church is not the meeting. The church is not the institution. The church is the people. And so apostles are, are really focused. The gifting, you understand, the gifting of apostle is focused on really building people up. Building up people to release them into their full uh, potential, into their full gifting, into their, their full the full potential of what God's called them to, their full assignment. That's what apostles are constantly looking for that. Apostles will work with one as much as they will work with a crowd. They, they prepare to work with the one. Mentoring is big on apostles' hearts. Big, big. And there's a reason for that. So let me say this. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there are no two apostles that are the same. I have planted apostles, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but it's God that gives the increase. And so you'll have the waterers, you'll have the planters, but they're all basically foundational guys. They're all or girls. They're all foundational. They all work with the foundations. They are not involved in trying to build empires, just not involved in that. So, uh, and we, you know, you cannot say, well, this one is and this one isn't. The other thing is, you know, I went to a, a pastor's conference one day and um, the, the, the speaker got up and he said, well, uh, if you call yourself an apostle, then you're not. I said, well, but you see, because of that, that mindset, that paradigm we have is that this hierarchical thing, you know, so what we've got to do is we've got to, We've got to uh, discredit that whole gifting and, and, and limit it as much as possible so that it doesn't um, impact on us. But, uh, you know, I was there and there was, must have been 70 pastors and they all given me their cards and on all their business cards was written pastor. And I go, okay, so if you're an apostle, you can't call yourself, you're not. If you call yourself an apostle, you're not. But if you call yourself a pastor, you are. Huh? How does that work? You know, is like, so if you call yourself an evangelist, you are. You know, that doesn't work. This is all out of order, man. This is like, you know, and simply because the mindset, the paradigm is hierarchical. This thing is up here and we are the plebs at the bottom. It doesn't work like that. People are so scared of having somebody over them um, and yet they want to be over others. Uh, how does that work, you know? So they want to be over people. Um, and they won't allow, but they won't, they won't allow anybody over them. So if soon as you say, well, you know, mine is an apostolic gift, then they go, whoa, wait a minute, you can't be, because they're thinking you're coming in to take over, you, you know, that they've somehow got to submit to you. It's just like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy stuff. You know, as much as I need the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet in my life, or the apostle in my life, it, it, 
the same goes for all of them, that we all need each other's gifting. We do. They're all involved in bringing, equipping katatismos to the body of Christ. That's it. For maturity, the whole objective has got to be maturity. So, um, hey, Hank, good to see you. John, great to have you with us. Yes, discipleship, Shay, absolutely. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it, man. Um, so, so yeah, we we've got to we've got to have that that the right heart in the whole thing. It's just like we need each other, you know. Is but we've got this crazy idea that it's you know who's who in the zoo who can have you know the greatest place. It just is is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So. Apostles, next point, bring the heart of the Father. That's what we've got to understand. Is like Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Let me go into this Bible. I sound like I can read at least. 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 11, it says, Just, just as you know, uh, got a message come from somewhere. All right. So just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. So that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Hallelujah. So he says, we were exhorting, encouraging, and imploring each one of you as a father with his own children. Now, you understand when he says we were, he was talking about the, that whole team that went with him, traveled from place to place, and they ministered into the different situations, is that he says, you know, we were exhorting, encouraging, and imploring each one of you as a father with his own children. Let me say this, is that the apostolic fathers bring a fathering heart. Now, whether you are male or female, you bring a fathering heart into the, the, the heart of the father, into every situation. There's always going to be... Um, exhorting, encouraging, and imploring. There's always going to be this focus on reflecting and representing the heart of the Father, not power, not gifting, not super, super duper hierarchical positional. It's always going to be reflecting and representing the heart of the Father, just like Jesus did. And so we all need to do that in a measure. But the apostolic gift, apostolic leadership brings that in and actually, uh, you know, infuses that into the foundation. That's part of the foundational work that apostles do. They carry a mantle. Two things apostolic gifts carry. One is a, a, um, the DNA of a father. You understand? So I'm talking about spiritually now. So within, within meshed, infused into their gifting is the fact that they will always be father. If I see a man or a woman destroying things or, or trying to um, up, be uppity on everybody else and be greater than everybody else, I say, something's wrong here. Something is dysfunctional. Something is missing. Because... The one thing is that a father will always want his children to go ahead of him. Will always want, will always be setting a platform higher than himself for them to go greater than himself. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these will you do because I go to the father. 
What he was doing is he was deferring them back to the father and saying, as sons, you're going to do greater work. He was laying the platform for them to do greater works. What a secure leader. How many leaders do you find today actually are working hard at diminishing themselves to, in fact, you know, they've got a succession uh, strategy on exit already. When they enter, they're already exiting because they want to develop and see the sons of God fulfilling the potential and the gifts of God. Will it be messy? Yes, every family's messy. Your kids don't get it always right. And you stand back and you're there. You're not imposing. You're not saying, well, I'm going to take over your family. You can't do that. What you do is you stand back and you say, I'm here. And you support and you encourage and you exhort and, and whatever else he said. Exhort, encourage, and implore. So at times you just go and implore. You don't impose. You implore. There's a difference. You understand? There's a difference between imposing who you are and you're gifting and I'm the boss here. I'm the mafioso. I'm the apostle. You better listen to me. You know, this is, this is trash. I'm telling you, this is so dysfunctional. We need to stop this kind of spirit. You know, is we've got to stop this stuff. Really. just really freaks me out. Anyway. So... Um, as a father with his own children, that's what apostles do. They bring in that heart of the father, heart of the father, heart of the father. But the other side of, of that, the other side of that gifting is now the, um, the part of the DNA is father. All right. So they come and they bring the heart of the father. Paul also said this. He said, you may have 10,000 instructors, yet you have not many fathers. The word father is pater. Pater is two things, mentor and model. <laughs> mentor and model. An apostolic heart will always be mentoring. Always. Always be raising and releasing. Always be empowering. In fact, what they do is they model it. So they set the pace. That's why it's first apostle, secondarily prophets. They're always modeling. They're setting the pace. They build it into the foundations of every life and of every, um, you know, church. I, I struggle with these terms for some reason, but, you know, for every church, because we are the church. And now we go to church and we're building churches. And I just, you know, I'm, just, I'm trying to really rephrase that. I don't know how to rephrase that. But anyway, I'm just trying to rephrase that so we get out of this whole religious mentality of the superstructure stuff that we've got, is that we do it with a structure that God, the order of God, the kingdom of God coming in to the church. We need that. And so uh, anyway, but as they plant and, and there's, there's this fellowship, this community of the citizens of the kingdom of God, the, the sons of the Father gather together. You know, they, they build that into the spirit and the heart of that. Yet, you know what? Leaders will fight you. Pastors will fight you. It's like um, Miles Monroe said this. He said, it's easier to, to cast the devil out than to change the mind of leaders. That's what he said. And I thought, boy, he got it right, you know, because I'm telling you, they fight you. They do not what they want to maintain their culture that they've established. And it's wrong. It's dysfunctional. It's out of order. It's doing what everybody else has done. And it's got this, it's coming back. If you study church history, where it comes from, it's wrong. 
And so we need to change the model and we need to change our thinking. We need to get back to the foundational uh, uh, blueprint of what Jesus intended for us to do. And we can see it in Paul. We can see that's what he did. Look at the heart of Paul. He did not come in with, with this overbearing, you know, everybody's just got to do what I tell. He came in with a father's heart. And fathers will instill mentoring as, as, a, as a principle as a foundational principle that grows into the spirit of the house, he will bring it in and release that, the heart of mentoring. He will really, and he will model that with mentoring. <laughs> so he will set the pace in it. That's why it's first apostles, because if you don't have the heart of the father coming in, you've got just illegitimate authority. You, you, you haven't got the, the real heart. You've, the thing is illegitimate. It's out of order. So you've not got the heart of the Father coming into right from the foundation. Because it, we are sons of God, not sons of men. We are members of the body of Christ, not the members of a church. Not the members of an institution or the members of an organization. There's too much of that stuff. We've, we've got to kill that. By setting order, bringing the order of God and allowing the gift of the apostle to come in. But we fight it. You know why? Second, second thing that the apostolic leadership gift brings in is, is he brings in conflict. <laughs> now, this is the difficult part. And I want to share this with you because this is the thing where, there's, where you pick up lots of hassles. So, um in um he brings order that's what he does so what happens is when it talks about in 1 corinthians chapter 3 it paul says you know as a wise master builder the word master builder is architecton architecton is the foundational person and like an architect a master architect and what they do is that you know when you build a building you lay the foundation you know so you've got a plan the builder takes the plan and he lays the foundation. I built a house in Cape Town. Well, not me personally, but I had a house built. Michelle and I, we built a house on a sand dune <laughs> close to the beach. And so the builder decides that he's not going to follow the plan. And so he does it, he lays the foundation, but he lays it different to the plan. He didn't do it right. According to specifications, the bank came in and shut the thing down. We had to wait like two months or three months. And in the end, I had to sign it over and saying, I'm prepared to allow them to build, even though it's the wrong foundation, not according to specifications. Boom. So I ended up with, with, the, with the situation. But be it as it may, it was like that. But what is happening is builders are building, laying foundations without following the, the right specifications. What is the foundation? Who is the foundation? He says, I lay now the foundation than this one that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Remember, Peter said, um, you are, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter says this, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This, he caught the revelation and he said, on this I'm going to build my church. On what? On the fact that sonship is the foundation of, of reestablishing relationship with God. The whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, not the members of churches, not Christians. Sorry. <laughs> Christians is used once. The term is only used once in the whole Bible. 
Christian. So, and and uh, and uh, you know, and that was used in a derogatory term. We've we've made um, we've made it into like a doctrine. We've made it into a stereotypical uh, form that you've got to fit into. So um, yes, Shay, absolutely, holy disruptors of the status quo, and um, yeah, absolutely. Because now what happens is when they come into this foundation, so so the foundation has got to be Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So an apostle checks to see what the foundation is, if it is the blueprint, and then watches whether the building is actually aligned with the cornerstone being Jesus Christ.